Tales of Panem, a Hunger Games podcast. My name is Claire, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm glad to have you all joining me this week. Make sure to check out my social media, which is at Tales of Panem on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok for updates, episode information, and more. It is the first week of the month, which means this week's episode is a character study episode, and this one is going to be all about Hamish Abernathy, uh, who is my favorite Hunger Games character, and also just my favorite fictional character literally ever of all time. Um, So I have been looking forward to this episode literally since the day I decided to start this podcast, and it's finally here. As usual, these character study episodes are going to cover content from the entire series as well as all the movies, so if this is your very first time reading the series, you might want to skip this one unless you don't mind the spoilers. And I like to always start off with just like a little brief spiel about who this person is, just so we're all starting in the same place. I'm sure we all know who this man is, especially if you've been listening to this podcast. I literally talk about him like all the time, Um, but I'm still going to do it. So Hamish Abernathy is the victor of the 50th Hunger Games, aka the second quarter quell, in which there were twice as many tributes. And after the games, his mother, younger brother, and girlfriend were all killed by President Snow. He spent the next 24 years mentoring the District 12 tributes, turning to alcohol in an attempt to block out his feelings. He eventually began supporting the rebellion in District 13, and after the rebellion, he moved back to District 12 with Katniss and Peeta, where he continued to drink. I think that may be the most depressing paragraph of information that I've ever read in my life um (laughs) and that basically starts us off with his life is very sad uh obviously it's very upsetting um and that's a lot of what I'm going to be talking about and also just says a lot about me a person who this is my favorite character uh but that is beside the point let's get to the opening quote Uh, basically I always start off with a quote just to kind of like set the tone for the episode and just I always and like pick something that really gives us an idea of who this character is in just a short quote and go from there. Uh, so the quote I chose this week is from The Hunger Games, and it's obviously from Katniss's perspective. This is something that she is thinking about Hamish um, in the first book, and it says, "But secretly, I'm wondering if Hamish sobered up long enough to help Peta and me because he thought we might just have the wits to survive. Maybe he wasn't always a drunk." Maybe in the beginning, he tried to help the tributes, but then it got unbearable. It must be hell to mentor two kids and then watch them die year after year after year. And I picked this quote because this is where we start with Hamish. And we do learn a lot more about his backstory in Catching Fire, which oh, I'll get to it. I will get to it. This episode is actually coming at such a good time because we're right in like the Hamish chapters of Catching Fire, like his best moments really are happening at where we are in the book right now. So it's a great time to take a full episode and really get into his character before we go forward. Um, But yeah, we are starting to get a lot more of like his backstory and like who he was before Katniss and Peeta met him. But when they do first meet him, he kind of comes off. I mean, first of all, he's, he's completely wasted. The first time we meet him in the series is at The Reaping and he's like, completely drunk he falls off the stage literally like and ends the same way on the train and it kind of comes across to them as like oh he doesn't care what happens to us he's just like trying to drink um but actually the circumstances couldn't really be more opposite of that which is that he has cared about every single tribute he has ever mentored for the past 23 years and every single one of them has died and so at some point within there he started drinking because he's the only vic- the only surviving victor 
from District 12 surviving, living, I guess is a better word, I guess. The point is he's the only one, so he has to be the mentor every single year to both tributes. And there's no one else there to support him. No one, like, on his team has lived through what he has lived through. And, like, he does, over the years, actually befriend some of the other victors, which is nice. But, like, you, he really only sees them, like, once a year at the games in the Capitol. And it's not like those are, like, great circumstances for, like, hanging out with your pals. Like, it's not a good time. Um, so he starts drinking kind of as a way to, like, get through it because he doesn't have a choice. And this is just, like, what he's got to do. Um, but to them, when they first meet him, it's like he's completely drunk and he's like one of our only, he's like basically our only hope at this point. He's the one who is supposed to tell us like how we're supposed to survive this because he's done it before. And he also survived in a year where there were 48 tributes. So like he's a very valuable resource and he's been doing this for a very long time, but it doesn't come across like that to them. And and I think that's so real and, and so valid because like you know, they're, they're trusting him with their lives, literally, and he is completely drunk and doesn't, like, show any concern for them at all, but then once we go forward, we start to realize as readers, and they start to realize themselves that, like, it's not because he doesn't care, it's not because he doesn't want them to live, it's because, like, he's kind of given up hope because none of his tributes have ever won, and he's kind of just like, okay, well, why should I allow myself to become attached to a pair of tributes every single year if they're just going to die anyway and it's just going to hurt me even more so he's kind of like closed himself off but he meets Katniss and Peeta and he's like okay I'm I see something here like maybe maybe these guys actually could be winners or one of them could be a winner and so they basically make this agreement to like he's going to sober up enough to help them if they agree to do everything he says And he tells them to do some stuff that they're like, hmm, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, actually, like, even though sometimes he'll have these plans where you're kind of like, like, I don't know about this one, Bestie, like this one, this might not work the way that you think it will. But it, it always does. Like he, like, I don't think we should discredit his experience doing this because he's been doing this for a long time. And like, there are so many factors out of his control. Like District 12 is already at such a disadvantage because of like how how much better off the people in like the career districts and the lower number of districts are they already come with an advantage and they're trained and they like are like in better better physical condition because they have enough to eat and they have better like health services and stuff in their districts so they're already at a huge disadvantage and they only have one mentor and so but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know what he's doing because he's seen a lot of Hunger Games and he's been directly involved with them through his mentoring and he also survived his own and and we know from Catching Fire that the way he survived was not just by like dumb luck he is really smart and that's how he was able to survive it like that's literally the whole like a majority of what we get out of that backstory and there's more and I will talk about it It, but like the big thing is is how intelligent he actually is and notably him and Katniss have the same kind of type of intelligence if that makes any sense like their brains function in a very similar way aside from their similarities and like personality and just like who they are but the like actual way that their brains perceive the world and like process information and problem solve is very similar and that's why they're able to connect really quickly not that they become like best friends right away because they actually kind of like don't like each other for a bit um but 
they have an understanding that like no one else has with them even people that have known them their whole lives don't have that same kind of connection because it's just like an instinctual thing of like how a person's brain works and when you meet someone that is that like-minded you have like this instant connection with them where you understand each other in a way that no one else maybe even could even if they even if they wanted to um and so that is where the like perfection of their relationship comes from and and it is something that I could literally talk about forever um and I'm definitely gonna like circle back around to it but I just want to kind of put it out there because it's a huge part of the series is is Katniss's relationship to Haymitch and he's also a big thing is you know she has she has various support systems throughout the series and i don't always think that Hamish is the most reliable support system for her because he's got a lot of his own stuff going on and like that's so like like he he kind of needs to take care of himself too which he's not doing um and so sometimes he just like mentally is not able to help her um but you know we when you think about it she has she has her family um she has in the book she has this friendship with Madge she has Gail and eventually she has Peta um she also gets closer with Finnick like as Mockingjay goes on and Joanna okay but back to my point um which is that and I'm talking mostly about like the beginning the like first half of Mockingjay approximately when Peta's at the Capitol Gail is being Gail aka the worst um both her her mother and Prim have both gotten jobs at the hospital, so they're very busy. And Finnick is also doing terribly, just like Katniss is, because the capital has Annie as his point. Um, and so who is the one person that Katniss has to turn to during this? It's Hamish. And and I think that this, like, that stretch of, like, novel, that first half of Mockingjay, I think that they definitely a a lot of their development of their relationship comes in catching fire and what I talked about last week was that that one scene that's like literally my favorite scene um and I think that like that's where kind of the foundations I mean there's the foundations of that are being laid like in the Hunger Games I mean by the time we even get to catching fire they already have a really well-established relationship and dynamic um but it gets like solidified a lot during Catching Fire. They really start to understand like how much they care about each other. And Katniss starts to understand who Haymitch is a bit better. But once we get to Mockingjay, he's the person that she is leaning on at the beginning of this book because he's the only one who, who gets it. And and one part of that is like he's one oh my god, one of my favorite lines in Mockingjay is is when she realizes like what Snow's plan is with PETA like to like using PETA against her as like a weapon to kind of neutralize her in a way and she says that the um the only person she wants to comfort her is Haymitch because he loves PETA too so they they bond themselves over how much they care about PETA and that has been consistent from the beginning specifically from Catching Fire when they literally like create this whole deal to try to save PETA which obviously is not what ends up happening because there's a larger plan going on that Katniss is not aware of but Haymitch still wanted to save PETA like it's not that he like didn't care about PETA and that's why things shook out the way that they did and they actually have this great interaction at the beginning of Mockingjay which okay 
we know that I have my little like deleted scenes segment like at the beginning or at the end of my like film episodes. The reason that I have that is because I have such strong feelings about the Mockingjay deleted scenes. And and a big reason for that is there are multiple scenes between Katniss and Hamish that I love that were like this close to making it into the movie, but ended up being cut. And I just think about it every single day. But one of them is a conversation they have in the book and is now like a deleted scene from Mockingjay part one, because Katniss is mad at him after catching fire because they made a deal to save PETA and she got saved and PETA got taken to the Capitol and she blames Hamish and she also blames herself and Hamish also blames himself. So like they, the sort of like blaming yourself for everything that goes wrong is something that they both struggle with a lot. And that's where like, I think that they help each other so much and they have such a important and meaningful relationship and both love each other so much. But also that like when you when you spend your time with someone who is so similar to you and who also has the same like I'm going to blame myself for everything, even things that were out of my control and even things that like I had to do, you're never going to break out of that. And I think that's definitely like something that they can work on together. But I also think that they like feed into that sort of negativity within each other. Um but the conversation I'm referring to is when she's like, I can't believe you didn't save PETA after we like literally made, like we had this whole conversation about it. I thought that we were in agreement here. And his response to her, well, first of all, she's like, okay, now you say it. And his response to her is basically, I can't believe you let him out of your sight that night, as in at the, at the lightning tree when she leaves with Joanna. And she's like, yeah, I know. Because she blames herself as much as she, like, is sort of, and, like, she, I think that she has a right to be upset with Hamish because, you know, it wasn't safe for her, for him to tell her about everything that was going on, like, with the, with District 13 and whatnot, and, like, the whole plan to get them out. But still, he did promise her that he would try to save PETA, and I, he did, absolutely. But this plan to save her is ultimately what ended up endangering him, and I think she, she's mad at him because she didn't know and also because like Peta's in the capital and she's not um and so I think that while it's a complicated situation I don't think that she's like wrong or like not valid for being mad you know um but she also blames herself a lot because she she did walk away from him that night and again I I don't think that she had much of a choice based on like the circumstances and like the craziness that was going on and she had no idea things were going to play out the way that they did but they did and the fact of the matter is they lost PETA and now they have to like reconcile through that because the only way they're going to get through everything that is going to come with like him being in the capital and then rescuing him and, and the hijacking and all that stuff is if they support each other and lean on each other because they're the two people in District 13 who love and care about PETA the most and that is what like holds them together and I think that that is also like PETA has that effect um of bringing people together because one he's so he's so compassionate and he's such a good speaker and he's so good at like spreading his goodness honestly like that's the best way you could think to describe it and so I think that he has always helped them not murder each other because they sometimes maybe would like to um 
not really, but just like that they drive each other crazy sometimes because they're so similar and because they both have such like strong personalities that clash because of how similar they are. Like, I think it's definitely, there are certain people and certain personalities where it's like, I get along really well with people who are just like me, but then there are others where you really don't. And I think that they are like the, like, they are like towing the line so perfectly because they don't always get along. They are like hostile towards each other and they argue and they really don't get along a lot of the times, but they always care about each other. And and at the end of the day, no matter how much they fight or clash, they both know that the other one is going to have their back. Um, but that is why this is such a big betrayal for Katniss is because she feels like Hamish made her a promise and then he didn't keep it. Um, but, you know, once they have this conversation, they're able to kind of put that aside. And a big part of that is like, we need to kind of move past this so that we can work together and figure out how we're going to save PETA. And so, yeah, I think that like, I, I have said that like early Catching Fire is like the moments that made me fall in love with Haymitch's character. Not that I didn't love him after the Hunger Games, but that was what really solidified him as my favorite. But I think that Mockingjay specifically like, oh, I don't even know. I was going to say specifically the first half, but it's actually the entire thing if we're being truthful. Is that like his arc in Mockingjay and his relationship to Katniss in that book is what like sort of solidified him in terms of like, being a character that I will still call my favorite 10 years later, you know, like, like that is the book that really was like, no, this is actually going to have like, and his character is going to have like a real like lasting impact on me as a human being long after I read the series. And I really do think that like, I mean the entire series, but his, his character in particular is one of the biggest reasons why I still am here talking about it. 10 years later um to be completely honest and it's not just that but like that is definitely a huge factor in the reason that like this series still sticks with me and has been like so influential <sighs> i'm gonna get emotional i just love him a lot um anyway let's move on though let us talk about i'm gonna talk briefly about his backstory and the only reason i'm not gonna like really get into it is because it is in the section of Catching Fire that I'm talking about next week, and I don't want to literally talk about the same thing two weeks in a row. Um, so I'm just going to briefly bring it up because this is his episode. Uh, but obviously he won the 50th quarter quell, and Katniss and Peeta decide to watch his games on the train to the quarter quell, to their quarter quell, um, because it's the only quarter quell they have on tape, and they've never watched it, and they know that he probably maybe wouldn't want them to, but like, I mean, come on, you know they're going to watch it. Um, so they watch his games. And let's talk about the way that he wins. He wins because he discovers a... He discovers the force field at the end of the arena and he uses that to, like, his opponent throws an axe at him and he dodges it and, like, it bounces back and and hits her instead, which is so slay of him and he's such a genius uh, for even, like... I mean, like, right when he gets in the arena, he st- he, like just walks as far as he can in any direction and it's basically like I know there like there's got to be something at the edge of this it has to end somewhere so he's like on a mission the entire time he's in there he's also like a good fighter like he outfights people and um and that's another thing of like when they're kind of when Peta goes on his whole like we need to be like training for the for the 75th games because either way two of us are going in there and we need to be ready um and Hamish is obviously like out of shape because he's done not much except drink alcohol for the past 24 years um 
but Katniss does note that he has maintained a lot of his like physical strength, which is was obviously one of the big things that helped him win. But it was his intelligence that like really got him the win. And that's a big thing for Katniss too, is like, yes, her skill with a bow and arrow was extremely helpful, but it was her like knowledge and survival skills that are the reason that her and Peta actually made it out. Like, like just being good with a bow and arrow was not gonna be enough. And just being like physically strong and a good fighter for Hamish was never gonna be enough. It was his intelligence that won for him. Um, but the impact that that had, hmm. Not so great because his entire family and girlfriend got killed because the capital didn't like that he used the force field um, because it like doesn't fit by the rules of their game, which is so fun and interesting because like look at Katniss, she also didn't play by the rules of their game. And that's why the entire plot of Catching Fire and Mockingjay is happening. But yeah, so he, I've just, the, the, the end of the chapter where they watch his games, Katniss has this line about like, I think I, I'm finally starting to understand who Haymitch is and I think I'm starting to understand who I am too. As if you couldn't tell from like reading the entire book how similar they are. It's literally right there that she has a better understanding of herself as a person after she learns more about him. Like that's how deep their similarities go. And it's also like, that sort of rebellious streak that he has, she doesn't really recognize that about him until this moment. And then she's sort of like, and I have that too. And she's sort of been seeing it as a problem because like of all the things that have happened since she pulled out those berries, like her family being threatened, everything that's happened with her and Peta, like no no one feels safe anymore. And there's been like a crackdown in 12, like, like stuff like that. And she um, has sort of been seeing that as all, like if I could have just like, kept my head down and like died like I was supposed to none of this would have happened but then she sees what Hamish did and she's like that's kind of me though like I and he he also wasn't trying to necessarily be rebellious in that moment he was just trying to survive and that is another thing is they're both survivors by any means necessary but unfortunately when you when you live in the system that they live in the capital doesn't want people like that. They want people who would just fight when they're told and die when they're told and do things exactly how they're supposed to. And neither of them are ever going to do that. Uh, but it actually gives her a greater appreciation for like herself and her own willingness to like stand up and fight. And I think that that is so valuable because it's what's going to carry her through the upcoming rebellion that has already been started because of her. But yeah, his, his family does get killed for that not great for for him at all and and after that he basically is like i'm just gonna isolate myself um and do whatever i can to drown out my feelings because i don't have anything else and i don't want to care about anyone else if i'm just gonna lose them again complete side note but i did write it down in my notes because i just have to bring it up really quickly as it relates to his relationship with katniss when they're planning for her wedding with Peta. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Hamish tells her that Effie asked him to give her away at her wedding. And look, I'm not saying that I wanted the like forced capital wedding of Katniss and Peta to actually happen because I didn't want that for them. They didn't want to get married, especially then. And I definitely didn't want them to have to go to like a capital wedding that was gonna be crazy. But the idea of him walking her down the aisle at her wedding 
it's just something it just hits right yeah it hits me really deep actually um and it's such a like throwaway line like he literally just says it and then they don't come back to it and I'm like no actually this had a greater impact on my life than almost anything ever um <laughs> so I just needed to bring it up it makes me feel actually crazy because just oh can you imagine okay anyway now let's switch gears a little bit here from talking about his relationship with Katniss to talk about his relationship with PETA because I've said it a million times but I can feel like that relationship doesn't get like the conversation it deserves because obviously we're so focused on Katniss because I mean the series is about her she's a protagonist she's the narrator um everything's being told through her but that doesn't mean that Hamish's relationship to PETA isn't equally as important and as meaningful because I think that it absolutely is there are a lot of reasons why he cares so much about PETA and why he loves him so much and would do so much to protect him but I mean obviously just the fact that they like have everything they've been through together but also it's just that he recognizes how good PETA is and how much he deserves to have as happy of a life as he can and obviously it doesn't end up working out that way um as we know from like PETA's entire character arc um but he he knows that PETA deserves that maybe more than anyone like he definitely thinks PETA deserves it more than him and honestly maybe more than Katniss and that's not like him not liking Katniss or not thinking that she deserves to have a long and happy life but it's just like what I've talked about with how them seeing their like faults in each other um but yeah he recognizes like what PETA can do for uh, like the entire country honestly but like just how valuable it is to have a person like PETA around is something that he really recognizes and like he would literally die for PETA period canonically um and there's more than one example of this number one obviously being that he was planning to volunteer in PETA's place if PETA got drawn at the reaping and obviously that didn't end up happening but he was absolutely willing to do it um and he would have honestly liked to do that and that's like and that obviously says a lot about him as a person and how much he cares about PETA but also when you think about like it's probably easier for him to help sort of coordinate the the rebels effort to get Katniss out alive if he's not in the arena like if he's on the outside as a mentor working with sponsors and being able to like be a part of the behind the scenes stuff that's happening but he would he was still gonna go in if it meant that PETA would live and I think that like that in itself speaks volumes about his character um but another moment actually which I, this is one of those, like, why, when I say that I'm really annoying it, to watch these movies with, like, whenever I watch them with anyone new, they're like, oh my gosh, can you shut up? Because, because there are certain moments that I literally just, I, like, I'm obligated to be like, did you know that in the book? Not even trying to be like, maybe you should read the book, but just because I literally, like, can't not think about it. Like, it makes me feel crazy. It's out of, like, genuine, I love it so much and we need to talk about it. But the, one of the big ones that I always bring up during Mockingjay is, when they decide to send a rescue team to the capital to save PETA. And when Hamish is telling Katniss about it, he tells her that he was like raising his hand because it was volunteer only and he was like volunteering to go. And they didn't ask him to probably because he was like still not totally like recovered from all the drinking and just etc. But the point is that he literally volunteered to go on that mission to rescue PETA knowing that it was like going to be super dangerous and they might not 
make it out. Because, I mean, obviously it's literal torture for Katniss to be stuck in District 13, watching everything that's happening to PETA, like, from a distance and not even knowing what's going on at any moment or, like, what kind of condition he is or what they're doing to him. But it's the same for Hamish. Like, he... It's killing him to be in District 13, not able to do anything for PETA, especially because, like I said, he partially blames himself for PETA ending up in that situation, and he feels so powerless against it. And he is the first person to be like, I would go and and risk my life trying to rescue him because, one, I just need to do something, and also, like, again, I would literally die for him. Um, But he doesn't go. But he tries. He also is honestly Peter's biggest advocate like once they rescue him and he's been hijacked and this brings us to the okay the only hesitation I had last week when I said that that Hamish and Katniss conversation about the quarter quell was my favorite scene is that I have a close second which is also a deleted scene in Mockingjay by the way um (laughs) and I literally think about this deleted scene every day sometimes I just go on YouTube and like watch it just just for funsies um but the scene is when it, it is when Pete, uh, Hamish tells Katniss, like, imagine you had been taken by the Capitol and hijacked and tried to kill Peta. Is this the way that he would be treating you? And that moment is the moment for her where it like clicks and she's like, this is, he would not be treating me like this at all. And I talked about this a lot with her and I'll talk about it during Mockingjay of like how she treats Peta when he gets back. And, and it's like a whole complicated conversation that I don't really have time to get into right now. Um, But that is the big moment for her where she kind of flips things in her head and is like, I have been awful to him since he got back. And he, like, not only doesn't deserve that, but, like, literally has no control over anything right now. And I've just been making it worse. And that is when she kind of realizes that she needs to change her behavior towards him. And it's a huge turning point for her. And it's also just because Himich, like, as soon as Peter gets back, he's trying to save him. And he's fully the one who says, like, I don't think that... Like, I think Pina might get somewhat better, but I don't think he's ever going to be the same again. Which, by the way, that line hurts me deep in my soul. Um, but moving on from that, he's super involved in in Pina's training. And he's the one who's, like, really keeping Katniss updated on it. And also being, like, truthful with her. Like, like she has she'll get these like updates from like Plutarch being like, oh my God, he's doing so much better. Like, it's great. And then Hamish will get on and be like, no, actually there hasn't been much change. And, and like, that's what she wants. She wants that honesty. She doesn't need people to lie to her and tell her how great Peta's doing. She needs like the truth of like, is he actually getting any better? And Hamish is going to tell her truthfully. Um, and he's also like the one who convinces her to go in and talk to him. And she really doesn't want to, but again, like it, he's there to be like, this isn't about you. It's about him. And and we need to help him get better because Hamish and Katniss, I mean, obviously like the doctors are like, but you know what I mean, are like the two most, the two people that are most likely to be able to help him recover because yeah, there's a lot of like medical stuff and science-y stuff that goes into what happened to him and like kind of trying to reverse it. But the people that know him so well are, Kat, are Katniss and Hamish. And they are the people that have the ability to kind of like draw his old self out of him because they know what kind of person he is. Um, and so he really needs both of them on his team. And for a while, Katniss is kind of doesn't want to be around him or like just wants to kind of forget everything. And 
Hamage is the one advocating for like, no, we need to be helping him get better. Even, even if he's never going to be truly better, it doesn't matter because it's not about us. It's about him and that he's like literally trapped in his own mind, like literally is. Um, and we need to be doing everything we can to help him. And I think that that is big because again, this is a person who has been drinking and doing basically everything he can to avoid feeling anything for the past 20, now 25 years. Like he literally has spent the last 25 years avoiding feeling anything. And now we have this situation where Katniss has distanced herself from Peter now that he's he's been hijacked because she thinks that it will hurt less to just kind of like cut herself off from him and accept that he's never coming back and move on and try not to feel anything. But Hamish stays and sticks around and and like we you, we know that being around Peter in that condition is not easy for him. Like it is really difficult and really painful and also he's like sobering up now, quote unquote. I mean, he started drinking again, but that's not the point. Um but instead of running from this and choosing to just not care and to like start drowning out his feelings again, he stays and he try he does everything that he can to help. And he faces those feelings, which is huge for him. Like genuinely so, so huge. And I like, I will literally scream from a rooftop how big the that arc is. And it, it's all because. I mean, it's because of him. Let's not pretend that it's not because he, like, of what kind of person he is. And and I, and I you know how difficult that is for him. And, like, I would never discredit, like, his strength in doing that. But it's also because of Hida. Because he loves him genuinely so much that he's willing to change his ways completely and stop avoiding things and stop avoiding feelings and emotions and pain. and face all that for the sake of helping PETA, which is completely selfless and also really difficult and also so, um, like, genuinely amazing of him. And that is where I am coming from when I say that, like, his arc in Mockingjay is what will, like, stick with me probably, like, for the rest of my life, if we're being completely honest. It's because it's a huge shift for him. And then... He's in the situation, he's in a position where he can help Katniss get there too and stop her from going down the road that he went down because she's sort of getting there. Like she, Katniss struggles with addiction in the third book to not alcohol, but, but morphine, which is the, the drug, like pain, heavy painkiller drug that they use for her when she's in the hospital. And she has a lot of issues with that. And she is like, okay, I'm going to cut myself off from everyone I'm going to use morphine to drown out my feelings and who does that remind you of but Hamish is the one to stop her from going down the road that he went down because even though it's kind of too late for him sort of it's not for her she's still literally like 17 18 years old and she still has her whole life ahead of her and he doesn't want her to end up the way that he did isolated and not feeling anything which brings us to I'm so sorry. Another one of my favorite scenes. Okay, now I see last week I was like, guys, when I say this is my favorite scene, like I mean it. And now I've been saying that about like every scene. But but the reason why I'm saying it so much is because like oh probably a majority of my favorite scenes do have Hamish in them. Like makes sense because he's literally my favorite character. Um 
and it's because he has so many good scenes. Um, but the last scene I want to talk about, well, not probably, I don't, not last, but the la- uh, one of the last in terms of like him and Katniss is at the end of Mockingjay when they vote on the symbolic Hunger Games that Coyne proposes. I could re- literally write an essay about just this scene and it could be like 10 pages. But as it pertains to Hamish, he is the last person to vote. He's the deciding vote. Katniss votes yes. And we know that it's because she wants to, needs to like get herself in a position where she's quote unquote executing Snow, but then she can kill Coin and stop all this because we know that she would never actually vote yes to that. Like that's just not who she is. And she even realizes like once Coin proposes this, she's like, things are never going to change because we just fought a whole war to push one president out of power and someone just as bad is going to take his place. Like someone who is also willing to kill children to keep the people in line. Like it's literally the same thing. Um, But she votes yes for all those reasons. And then it's down to Hamish. And Hamish would also vote no. Like, just he wouldn't want them to hold a symbolic Hunger Games. But above that is how much he trusts Katniss. And he knows her well enough to know that she would never vote yes. But for some reason, she did. And so he decides to vote yes because he knows that she would never do that if she didn't have a good reason and a plan. And so he puts all his faith in her, literally. Because he knows as well as she does how disastrous it would be if this symbolic Hunger Games actually happened. And how, like, we're never going to get anywhere if we keep doing the same things and repeating the same mistakes. He knows the consequences that that would have. That, like, it literally could put them in another 75-plus year cycle. Just like they are now trying to get out of. But he trusts her so much that he is willing to risk that. Vote yes. Have the vote pass. Because he knows that she has a plan. And also the writing in the scene where first of all she's like this is the moment when we finally find out just how alike we are. And then he says I'm with the Mockingjay. Are you actually kidding me right now? Like let's let's be it's too good. It's literally too good. Like it's just mm. and it's such like this is now three books into a series and they've spent three entire books building and building and building upon this relationship to each other also it could pay off at this moment in the best possible way like they built it all up just for that moment and it worked and that's why that moment hits because that you've literally just read three books of them trying to figure each other out trying to figure out their relationship building upon it realizing how much they care about each other how similar they are learning from each other to get them to this moment where it's literally all riding on whether he understands her or not because like him voting yes and everything that happens is what allows her to be in the position to kill coin and put get someone else in charge and not have to literally go through all the same stuff again and also I'm gonna be so real and honest with you because this is the there's a scene after that where Plutarch is like yeah everyone else might have been surprised that you like killed coin but I wasn't you know who else I'm willing to bet wasn't surprised? Hey, Mitch. Even if he didn't know what her exact plan was, 
he knew there's no way he she would just stand aside while coin took charge after that and also okay i'm gonna launch into a rant breaking down one line of dialogue i'm gonna do it um this i'm with the mockingjay line so interesting because first of all he could have just been like i vote yes but one just him saying this indicates to katniss that like he's got her back he's it's basically like i don't know exactly what you're planning but like i trust you i got you um but also and this is me like totally being insane and thinking about this line way too much um and maybe potentially reading into it a bit more than I need to, but you know, what else am I here for? But I always think about the fact that he says I'm with the Mockingjay and not like her name. Like he doesn't say like I'm with Katniss or whatever. And I think don't even know how to put into words like what I what I get from this line. Because it's like one of because I think that like well, one thing is that Yes, Katniss is the Mockingjay and, like, the Mockingjay is her, whatever. But the Mockingjay is also, like, a symbol that has extended beyond her. And even though it started with her and... Well, okay, it actually started before her, which is a thing. Um, because the Mockingjay pin belonged to Mad Undersea's aunt, who was Maisalee Donner, a.k.a. the female tribute from District 12 that Hamish had an alliance with in his Hunger Games. So there's that layer which is obviously deeply personal to him. Um, but there's also the layer of, like, Katniss, Katniss becoming the Mockingjay. She does a lot of selfless things, but that is, like, arguably the most selfless thing that she does because it's, like, she is already having a terrible time, and now they're like, oh, but we need you to put on a costume and, like, go out into a battlefield and, like, make speeches and literally, like lead this rebellion essentially like they have coin as sort of their like military leader but katniss is their like on-screen leader like the the like she's the one that is going to be known to everyone and she's the one who's like directly putting herself as an individual at risk because like snow doesn't know who coin is for like a long time because she's like the behind the scenes person so all of his efforts are targeted at katniss um And then, like, even, like, and we know how difficult, like, and, like, physically and mentally demanding it is for Katniss to be the Mockingjay and and just everything that goes into that. So it is truly such a selfless act for her to agree. Like, after everything I've been through, I could just go lock myself in my room and wait for this to be done. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to literally put myself in harm's way and like be on the front lines in the capital um and so there's already that layer to it of like and Hamish recognizes that because he's there for the the period of time where she's kind of deciding whether or not she can stand to be the Mockingjay and like he's there when she's struggling with it because she knows the consequences that her being the Mockingjay has on PETA like he's there for that And he knows how much she struggled with that and also how hard it was for her to be the Mockingjay. And I think that, you know, at this, at the point that we are now where they're voting, she's just lost her sister. And she could once again just be like, okay, is Coin going to be any better for the country than Snow? Maybe not. But I, but again, she's been through a lot. She could just 
kind of say, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to just go back to district 12, live my life. Coin is not after me. Like I can continue to live and, and have my loved ones be safe. And this let's Joanna Mason. I know what you're thinking. How does this have anything to do with Hamish? Joanna Mason says this line where she says, uh, anyone can kill anyone, even a president. You just have to be willing to sacrifice yourself. And that's exactly what Katniss is going to do here. And I'm, I'm talking too much about Katniss, but it all, it all goes to my point about Hamish, about this line that he says, I promise. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Just stick with me. Um, so she could either continue to be the Mockingjay, because the Mockingjay is not just Coin's a part of Coin's rebellion. The Mockingjay is its own thing that Katniss has created. Like the Mockingjay is hers. The Mockingjay is not Coin's. There's a while where it feels like the Mockingjay is Coin's, and that's a part of why it's so like demanding for her to be the Mockingjay. But she kind of starts to realize, like, no, this is me. Like I, I started this. Um, and so she's sort of like made that symbol her own. And now we're at the point where she could just say, okay, I'm going back to just being Katniss. I'm going to go back to District 12 and just kind of try to move on. Or she could continue to be the Mockingjay for just long enough to vote yes, kill coin. And her assumption is that she kills coin, she's going to be taken prisoner, maybe executed, maybe tortured. She doesn't know because we're at the point now where we've established that like coin is probably just as bad as snow and so what like what what's to say she's not going to do the same to me that snow would have done you know or that like her people aren't going to do it you know um and she also literally saw like in district 13 her prep team getting tortured so like she has seen what kind of things coin and her people are capable of doing and she actually does have her like nightlock pill that she tries to take after she shoots coin, but then Peta stops her. But that that okay, that actually is not related to what I'm talking about. Um, the point is that she chooses to keep being the mocking jay long enough to stop coin, even maybe at the cost of her own life. And Haymitch, even though he doesn't know exactly what she's planning, he doesn't know what she's thinking, he knows that by again, she she wouldn't want these games to happen. So she could have just voted no let the vote not pass, gone home, moved on with her life. He knows that. But he sees that she still has a plan here, and that is the way that she is still acting as the Mockingjay. And what the Mockingjay is, is, above all else, a person who fights for the people of Penem. And that is exactly what she's doing in this moment, and he knows that she's doing that, even if he doesn't know any of the details. So maybe he just says, I'm with the Mockingjay, because it sounds cool and, like, it's fitting. but maybe he actually says it because of all of this. Again, am I reading too much into this? Maybe. I don't know. If I ever meet Suzanne Collins, I'll ask her what the intention of this line was, and maybe she'll be like, say something completely different than this. Um, but in my brain, this is the way that I have unpacked it. Wow, I just spent like 10 minutes talking about that one line. But yeah, I think about that one a lot. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is the ending of Hamage's story in Mockingjay. Because, you know, we've gone through all this. And now you're like, like, okay, so then what? Then he goes back to District 12 and he lives happily ever after. Not exactly. He goes back to District 12 with Katniss. Peta eventually shows up. Um, and he continues to drink. He also raises geese. So that's good for him. Because it's at least something to do. But he does still continue to drink. He, And I don't think, 
I well, I definitely don't think that he's like happy, but I really I think that probably he's better off than he was 25 years ago because at least now he has Katniss and Peeta, but they also don't like see him that much because he kind of goes back to like isolating himself in his home. He does contribute to they make like a book of people they've lost. And also he contributes like the names of all the tributes that he's mentored over the past 23 years. And you just know that he like remembers every single one of them and remembers things about them. And like that hurts and just goes to like, you think that he's just been drinking. He didn't care about any of these people. He was just like watching them die, but that's not the case. And it goes back to the very first thing I said with my opening quote. But yeah, he kind of just continues to be isolated, continues to drink, continues to not be happy, probably continues to have, you know, nightmares and stuff like that. And while that is really heartbreaking to me, because I would love to see a situation where he like stops drinking, starts taking better care of himself, spends more time with Katniss and Peeta, starts like a little family with them. As much as I personally would love for that to be the case, it's not realistic. It's not realistic for him to suddenly recover at the end. It's been like like a big part of of his and Katniss's arc in Mockingjay is like him helping her to not end up like him. And that's not to say like, oh, it's too late for him. Like he could never get better from here because like he's really not that old, actually. He's in like his early 40s. Um, <laughs> but one, he probably does feel like it's too late for him to like start making an effort towards his well-being and happiness. Like he probably feels like it's too late at this point. Um, but also there's not anyone to like help him do that. Like, like Caddis and Peter are there. Yeah. And they're definitely there for him and to support him, but they both also have their own recovery to think about. And like, they're able to support each other in that. And they could definitely support him in that. But like, he's at the point where it's so bad that he needs like actual help that doesn't come from a couple of 18 year olds like you know what I mean like they they mentally cannot take that on and I don't think there's anything wrong with them for that like I think it's just it's just how it is it's just real um but I also think that like like I don't think that he's like oh I'm I'm totally great just like going back to the way I was and like being drunk and I like again I don't think that like I think that he's definitely had improvements absolutely um and having Katniss and Peter just around, like, I don't want to downplay how much of an effect that has, but also he doesn't even, he doesn't really want, he doesn't make the effort to, like, start to get better at this point. Like, we know that there are resources, like, Katniss has a, a doctor that she, like, talks to on the phone, sort of, that's another story, um, <laughs> but, you know, like, for him to get better would take a lot, a lot of work on his part and a lot of help, and it could be done absolutely but he's just not like that's just not gonna happen for him and it's not it wouldn't be it wouldn't be realistic and like true to his character I think if he miraculously was like oh I'm happy now and like I'm not gonna drink anymore and everything is great now that I'm back in district 12 like I don't think that that would be realistic for him at all and I think that the way that his character ends even though it is really kind of depressing and makes me sad um, because I'm like, I just want you to be happy more than literally anything ever. Um, but I think that it's so realistic. And I think that it's nice that they gave him like, you know, like I said, like he raises geese now, which seems like such a small thing. But for him, a person who was literally doing nothing, like he wouldn't even clean his own house before. And like probably wouldn't have even been in the headspace where he could take care of something else. Like that is actually big for him. Um, and I think that that actually piece of information is really crucial. 
um, because it shows that, like, he is not the same as he was and he has made progress. It's just that, like, he's not going to make the kind of progress that's, like, he's completely sober. He's doing great. He's not having nightmares anymore. He's sleeping through the night. Like, stuff like that is too big for him to do on his own. And I wish that it was, truly. I truly do. Again, like, it hurts me to say it, but I really think that he had the right ending for a character like that, for, like, honoring his character arc while not also giving him, like, a miraculous recovery at the end. Well, clearly I did not think through the planning of this episode because I just opened my notes and I was like, oh, well, now I'll read my closing quote. But the closing quote is literally a quote that I already quoted. Uh, But I'll quote it again because I did spend, like, 15 minutes talking about just this quote. Um, This quote is from Mockingjay, and it says, This is the moment, then, when we find out exactly just how alike we are and how much he truly understands me. I'm with the Mockingjay, he says. Great quote. Um, Yeah, I don't think I really planned on talking about that in as much depth as I did um, when I put that as my closing quote. But, you know, still a good one to close on. Still a good one to close on. And that's Haymitch. Now you all know. This is the definitive episode for when I'm like, he's my favorite. I have a million things to say about him. I could talk about him forever. But this, I hope you now understand more fully, like, how I genuinely feel about him. Beyond just, like, a joking, like, hi, I love him so much. Like, I'm going to talk about him forever. No, like, it actually, like, I have real deep feelings about his story. Um, so, yeah, now you know. <laughs> And I hope that you understand him in either, like, or have at least thought more about your understanding of him after listening to this episode, because that is always my goal, is to get people to appreciate him more. So if that happened for you, great. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining me this week on Tales of Panem. Next week, I'll be getting back into Catching Fire, covering chapters 14 through 18. If you have any specific questions or topics you'd like me to cover, you can DM them to me on any social media or send them to my email which is talesofpanem at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a review or rating of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be very appreciated. Thank you again for listening, and I'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.